0: This episode of The Loyal Sun Show is brought to you by Rendine Consulting. If you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know all about Rendine Consulting's commitment to the Pitt Athletics program and brand, and how much they've meant to the Loyal Suns. That's Rendine Consulting, providing investment managers' assistance with technology integration. Visit www.rendineconsulting.com for more information. That's www.rendineconsulting.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love the first signs of football season and hate West Virginia... that it? We're locking in, baby. It's August. This is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show. A safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Brought to you by... Pittsburgh Sports Now. Who saw that coming? That's right. As of today, today being Monday, I guess this is coming out on Wednesday, but today, while we're talking, it's Monday, August 1st, we have signed a deal with Pittsburgh Sports Now for them to uh, host our show for the 2022 season. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts, Squid and Dylan. Guys, how are we feeling about uh, this situation we found ourselves in? Just three dickhead buddies talking into a microphone, and now someone's giving us money
1: for it. Never thought it would happen. Didn't think we'd release our first episode when we tried recording, and it was terrible. You mean our third episode? Well, no, I knew we weren't releasing the first one. The third one I had some hope for, and we did end up releasing it. What about the second one? No, that one sucked too. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad I'm glad I came to this. But appreciate Pittsburgh Sports Now for the opportunity. Um, hopefully, reach reach a few more ears. Help us build the Pit brand, and uh, get us some new equipment because right now uh, our microphone is just chilling in a in a glass. It's, it's a pit glass. It's, it's a, a pit glass. Pitt Pine glass. So it could be. There are worse uh, surfaces. You know. So next episode we'll have some better audio for everyone. Uh, right now you deal with the Amazon Basics mic for one last ride. One more, one more. But if you are watching this
0: episode on the YouTube's right now, it is because we were able to do some level of upgrades. We're really we're we're up in our game a little bit this year. You can see our faces, which is yeah, look, good or bad. Yeah, Squid, look,
1: say say hi to our friends. Squid's just still a creep. On, or on okay,
0: the so. <laughs> um, so what what can our listeners expect now that we are uh, partnered with the fine people at Pittsburgh Sports? Now, same exact show. Same exact shit. Just in a kitchen yeah. or a living room. The the uh Rendine Consulting Studio cuz Greg's not going anywhere. We're we're broadcasting live from the Greg a.k.a. my kitchen.
2: Yeah. Or your couch over there. Once the the new microphones are ready to go, we'll Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Like on a field trip.
0: Yeah, so we, you know, uh we were able to enter into this deal. It's it's spanning this season. Uh essentially we will be um handing over the rights to broadcasting our podcast to Pittsburgh Sports Now, and in turn, they're going to offer us the support we need to uh, not have to record with Amazon Basics microphones, uh, to, you know, be able to focus our efforts in other places outside of, you know, trying to push this rock up a hill so we can put more focus on merchandising, social media, and uh, hosting fine outings for NIL opportunities for pit players, like the golf outing this past weekend. Couldn't have gone better. A lot of fun. I mean, pit, golf,
2: beer, what more can a guy ask for? Yeah. I can't floor. think of a, a yeah, that fourth was an actual thing question. I would ever ask yeah. for. No.
1: Nothing. Um, before we get right to the golf alley, I did want to say, I had someone text me today and ask, like, oh, I hope this doesn't change their style or anything, but I do want to reiterate that this is going to be the same show. We're just going to make it better. Um, but you don't have to worry about us starting to censor ourselves or anything.
0: We did sell out. Uh, I want to be very clear about that. We sold out not like to the first bidder, but that doesn't mean that like we're, we're sellouts, you know, like we're, we're still gonna like, we say fuck in the next interview, like 12 <laughs> times in, in our conversation with Elijah. Exactly. So you're still going to get the same irreverent, um, stupid opinions from us that you will. It's just going to be on a 4k camera and spoken through a mic that costs like a hundred bucks. Three mics. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, so if there's any concern there, don't worry about it. Now we've talked about the golf outing. I just wanted to get that out of the way.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, in case you missed it, about uh, 14 pit players, um, a couple dozen fans, we went out and we converged on Quicksilver Golf Course in.
1: Where were we? Harmony. Harmony, PA? Midway on the line, wherever Quicksilver is. Yeah,
0: we were wherever Quicksilver Golf Course was, uh, and we had a great time. We have a lot of content uh, coming out for you guys, and it was really an incredible opportunity for uh, Panther Faithful to get to meet um, some of their favorite Panthers and the young men that represent the University of Pittsburgh, and I must say, I came away very
1: impressed. We got to play with Gavin Bartholomew, and our foursome Every bit of 6'5", 250 pounds. Massive. He,
0: he walked over to us, and first of all, he was towering over Ryan Jacoby, who is large. And the first thing I thought when I saw Bart was, how tall was Crawl? Yeah.
1: Because had looked like he had a head on him, and 30 pounds. Yeah. Just massive human beings. John Morgan is huge. Deion Hayes, bigger than I expected. All those guys are impressive, to say the least, but also impressive just as individuals. Uh, all those guys, the way they interacted with each other, and the way they interacted with fans who paid money to come golf with them and just kind of hang out with them. To be fair, they were getting a payday out of it, you know, yeah. the, the NIL stuff, but now they're really, really good guys. John Morgan... Just commands a room. Oh, he's the best. Uh, the really, walk, the best. Walks in the trap. Yeah, we're over the trap.
0: You're going to be hearing a lot more from uh, the trap walker this year. We're working on uh, on some stuff. We're we're not ready to announce yet, but we're very excited about uh, you know. And he's going to be very involved with the loyal sons. But he's he's just impressive, and you can tell on and off the field a true leader of that group of young people.
2: Yeah, they're all those great personalities. Uh, down to earth. They are happy to chat with everybody there, young old. Because they're pit fans and they're pit guys too. So the Q&A, I don't know where we posted some of that, but some really funny and honest answers that uh, you don't know what to expect with college athletes. I mean, they're college kids. They're kind of famous in a way. It's a weird... Uh, weird a, dynamic. Yeah, it's a yeah. weird really dynamic. But they were all
1: amazing dudes and uh, happy to be there. As were we. Yeah, for the Q&A portion, we had Keaton slobus, Nick Patty, Deion Hayes. Is and John Morgan answering questions? And I uh, wanted to highlight a couple just for people who didn't get to make it out. Um, I think the probably the most serious and revealing answer uh, was you know someone had asked about what did they think the turning point of the season was last. It wasn't year. Even
2: the turning point; it was the signature moment. Right. So it yeah. could have been a good thing. It could have been like quenching the coastal right. Right Virginia
1: game. Of but, the ACC run. So the answer was the loss to Western Michigan. Keep going. Yeah, they were real
2: serious. I think Nick Patty and John Morgan both looked at each other like, yeah, that was it. And you could tell, like, they were having fun. They were joking about the national championship, things like that. But deep down, they were like, we we're taking care of business this year. And we don't
0: give two craps about who gets
2: away because they're getting steamrolled.
0: Yeah, yeah. I imagine um, that was difficult for them to talk about in a room full of Panther fans because, I mean, we all remember how we felt well, that that's day. Well,
2: that's a thing, too. You worry as fans because you don't know what it's like. When they, how do you handle success? Are they going to think they're all that? But there's no sense of that
0: at all. No, this is, this is truly a team that has its sights on the college football playoff and beyond, which is, which is cool. Because uh, it didn't feel delusional. It felt like a group of guys who were very aware of their own abilities and their
1: own weaknesses and, you know, what, where where the ceiling is for them. But... John Morgan even broke us down on a 1-2-3 national champs. So, yeah. got me going. Chills. D- didn't keep me from topping my first drive off the tee box, but... Same. But let, let's talk about the golf a little bit.
0: Um, the quality of golf... Um, for I think most of the attendees Not great Nick Patty, Incredible golfer Bill Stahl Another guest Great golfer uh, The rest Not not phenomenal uh, I, I would say Gavin Outplayed us For the most part We did not have our best day As the loyal sons Yeah Gavin he Took a little bit to get going But whatever it mattered
2: most He was by far the best golfer there uh, He had the closest to the pen On a par three Literally three feet He made the longest putt so, uh, I think that bodes well. I think what translates to the football field, when the lights are the brightest, i will show up. I think those are uh, mutually exclusive. Yeah.
0: Football and golf. Exactly. Yes. The exact same yeah. the exact same thing. Actually, I I will say I was very happy to hear that uh, Ben Sauls played well because given how mental of a game that is and how, like, if you get mad at yourself even a little bit, like you go into the tank, to know that our kicker just has, like, a... Steel trap up there, and, and there's no shaking him. That
1: made me feel quite good. He still has to steal the job back from Sam Skarton but that's neither here nor there. Hey,
0: if if you know the mo, if the occasion demands it, I know that
1: he's gonna have good brain. Take him all to a par three. Whoever scores better, that's who dudes goes with. That'd be a fun way to decide a position battle.
0: <laughs> Yeah, everyone else
2: swung and missed a few times.
0: Everybody else had fun.
2: They had fun. They made some putts.
0: Everyone walked away happy. Kamara banged a, a pretty long one, despite apparently never holding a golf club before in his life.
1: He had fun though. We all had fun.
0: We all had fun, and we're all looking forward to it next year. Um, and if if you know the four one two alliance kind of takes it from takes it over from Rendine Consulting. Um, they are going to either have to invite us to host it or deal with us camping out at the golf course because that was way too much fun for us to not get in on next year.
1: I will not be missing that.
0: No, absolutely not. I will be there next year. I might not be, like, like actually swinging a golf club, but I will be riding around, uh, you know, on a golf cart with our photography team at the very least.
1: Well, I think Elijah's Ice is... Walking through the front door now, so uh, we'll get to the our conversation with him. Yeah, as if I didn't already
0: say that we recorded the interview already. You said that? Yes, I did. You didn't have to say and that. It's pitch black outside. <laughs> in video.
1: The yeah, movie. they can see us. <laughs> also, well, That's okay. Wh- Run it back. However, you I kind of want kinda to believe that if you go for it. However, you want to transition it.
0: Let's just leave it like that. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get to our next segment, we wanted to take a moment to let our faithful listenership know that The Loyal Sun Show is currently in the market for additional sponsors for the 2022 season. If you or someone you know would be interested in having us promote your goods and or services to Panther Nation via this show and our social platforms, please reach out to us at LoyalSonsEmail at gmail.com. You can also DM us at the Sons on Twitter and Instagram. We are happy to provide data on our listenership, engagement, and impressions upon request. All ad revenue will go toward enhancing the quality of our show, increasing our efforts to promote the Pitt brand, and probably beer. Please welcome back to the show our co-host this week, former Pit outside linebacker, Elijah Zeiss. Elijah, how are you doing today? I'm good. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you here in the loyal Sun studio, the, the Rendon consulting studio, AKA the Greg. Yeah. I mean, this place is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. It's also my kitchen. Uh, Yeah. Um, so camp started, it's Monday. Yesterday was Sunday. Camp started yesterday. Uh, why don't you take us through a little bit, um, what life has looked like for the last 24 hours, uh, for the young men in Royal and
3: Yellow. Uh, yeah. So Sundays, it's usually report day. Um, and what will happen is all the guys will show up. Um, you've probably seen like the live wire videos of the guys rolling up the camp and, you know, getting pretty excited. Um, give ever rock any hard fits on the way up? Uh, no, no, yeah, yeah no, no, <laughs> I just rolled out of bed. Yeah. That's no. Yeah. I'm usually just wearing sweatpants or something. Uh, but the guys will roll up. Um, will have a bunch of, uh, meetings. They'll usually have dinner. Um, there's a lot of like compliance stuff they got to go through. Um, all the ground rules get laid, and then they usually, um, I'm not sure if if they've done it the (laughs) last couple years, but, uh, um, they usually do, like, some sort of, like, like, team gathering type event at the end, and there's, it's usually when you see the pictures of, um, them in, like, their work shirts, um, with, like, the, um, saying, or, like, uh, like quote of the year like lock um, the gates, lock the yeah, gates. Not me. Um, yeah the pursuit stuff like that um, they usually have those work shirts on for a picture um, I think the two or three years um, we were on the gateway clipper um, on that Sunday night um, and so that's usually what it is the first day and then you know Monday you get you get right into it um, and we obviously saw the, the clip from day one today um, so it's, it's exciting were you a guy who was nervous, or were you excited the night before? Um, I think before my first one, I was definitely nervous, and then once you like get past your first one, um, it's usually kind of just like <laughs> you're excited, uh, but it's also like kind of a hassle. Like once you get to like a certain level, you're like, yeah, like this camp's like I'm kind of over this, um, but you know you're ready to get back into it, um, and take some weeks to get to get better get things going and just get into the season. It has to be a grind, too, because we were talking uh, to some of the guys at the golf outing. I know uh, Bart, in
1: particular, was saying, you know, that first Monday. Bart
0: being our good friend,
1: Gavin Bartholomew,
0: for right. those of the uninitiated who are not best friends with him
1: now. Correct. Fourth member of our foursome. Uh, went two over. Not a great showing by us, but either way, great day. Anyway, he was saying to us on that Monday, he probably, you know, they'll show up. 7:30
3: and won't get back to bed around 10, 10 at night? Does that, does that sound about right? That's usually how it goes. You wake up, the crack of dawn, um, you'll get some breakfast, you'll have meetings, and you'll be right, right out on the field. Um, you'll practice for two, two and a half hours. Um, and then it used to be we would have a practice, at, uh, a second practice in the day, um, every other day but they've since gone away from that so you pretty much just have a practice one practice every day and then you'll have like a lift or a walkthrough in the afternoon um, but usually what happens is right after practice um, they have two different lift groups one g- group will lift the other guys will shower eat lunch and then um, everyone will just be like passed out in the locker room on the floor, like. There aren't enough towels to, like, shower with because everyone just grabs towels and is, like, using them as blankets and stuff <laughs> on, the mother, on the ground. Like, you'll walk in there probably at, like, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. The lights will be completely out and there will just be bodies all littered across the ground, just, like, passed out. And then around 4 or 5, um, that's when we'll have, like, another lift um, or a walkthrough. And then more meetings. Um... And then usually they'll have like a big like team meeting at the end, and then that's when the guys will have like a snack or something, um, and then they'll be released back to the hotel. So it's a, it's a very long day. It's usually you're usually getting back by like 10 o'clock. How competitive is it like early on?
2: Are guys going at it, trying to beat each other up? or is it more build up going
3: through the motions? Are there fights super often? Um it's usually pretty competitive. In the beginning, um, like, in the beginning, everyone's, like, real juiced up about being in a camp. Um, once, like, that first day of pads comes, like, everyone's getting after it. Um, it's it's definitely very competitive. But then as you go through camp um, and, like, the days start to, like, stack together and, like, really starts to become a grind, um, it's still competitive, but it's a lot more, like, it's a lot more chippy, um, I, I guess I would say, because guys, you're kind of just getting tired of each other and getting tired just of taking the shots at each other. Yeah, and then yeah. once you get sort of towards the end of camp, you know, guys like start to get a more of a perk in their step because they're, you know, getting towards the end, you're getting closer to the season, um, and so the, the competitiveness tends to pick back up towards the end, um, especially with like um, position battles and stuff like that, starting to like really solidify towards that that time, so. What's the, what's the best camp fight you saw or one that you'd be willing to talk about um well there, there we've we talked about this one <laughs> before but it was the uh um this one wasn't a fight this was the, the Todd thomas uh, yeah. the Todd thomas and George Aston thing um obviously like like I said Todd thomas was the big bad dude um he was like I don't I mean, know. he was Probably an eighth-year senior at this point, point. <laughs> and George Aspin was a walk-on, um, and he was um, real big. Like had a had a rep in the weight room already, um, and so they did like a, a like Oklahoma or a drill, had him like get in into the middle, and uh, he called out Todd Thomas. The Todd Thomas got in the, in the was middle that with him like George was like I want Todd it Thomas does, like, it, the it, older it, guys it, call like yeah, yeah he like got in the older guys were like kind of egging him on. he's like yeah I want him <laughs> so they got in and George like lifted Todd <laughs> like pushed it <him> back <laughs> he was embarrassed like it was it was bad um I'm trying to think there was a there was a fight between um I want to say it was um uh, uh, Brandon Ford or yeah I want to say it was between him and maybe like uh, Sean Idao um, one day where uh, I think I think it was Brandon was like swinging his helmet at him <laughs> <laughs> like Miles Garrett <laughs> yeah, yeah like it was it, it was pretty bad I mean like uh, everyone was like running. This is like probably our last year there. um I can't remember what provoked it, but that was pretty funny. Um, you ever was... start the
2: pot? You ever get in with anybody? No, no, no. That's can't not, that's not really. Yeah,
3: but there's always like never to clean anybody up. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like usually the one that's like just kind of like pretty tired at that point. I just don't <laughs> have the energy to like get into the fight. It's always like funny just like kind of being back and like watching it unfold too. um yeah, there was a bunch of uh, – more Todd Thomas. There was a bunch of – like, Todd Thomas got into a uh, – uh, almost – it was, like, pretty pretty bad. Um, it was during a walk-through before practice where we were a scout team, and we are, like, running offense um, just off of cards, and we're literally just walking through it so the defense could get a look. And at the time, it was Scott McKillop who was, like, the um, – the GA who was in charge of, like, setting up the play so we could we could run it. Right. And Todd Thomas was, like, a, uh, um, I think they called it uh, an underwear All-American. He was always, <laughs> like, any time we would be, like, in walkthroughs, like, he, he would be going full speed, like, messing up the play. And the one time Scott had just, like, gotten fed up with it and, like, started, like, saying sarcastically, like, you're real tough. Like, you're, you're definitely uh you know, you definitely get this right on the, on the field. Like when it's live and, uh, <laughs> and Todd just like, we told him to shut up, call him a bitch. Like it was just like all the space. And like, we're like trying to run a play, like, and they're actively like yelling at each other, like across the field. So the play just kind of stops and they kind of got into each other's faces. And we're kind of just like looking around like what? <laughs> so there, there's like just stuff like that it happens every day. It, it's ridiculous. I, I think I've sent you the video of, um, um, Connor Dentino was like a he would always like hold guys like like way after the whistles were blown and there's like several occasions on film where uh, guys are like the whistle will blow and Connor's still holding them and you just see guys like slugging them in the, in the helmet it, it's so funny Q like Quentin uh, McGinnis got a, a bunch of like good shots <laughs> it's like just stuff like that all the time is so funny was it standard issue, like, guys
0: sucker-punching a football helmet? Yeah, honestly, yeah. How bad did that hurt? I,
3: I I know you said you weren't really, like, a fighter, but, like... I mean, I can't imagine it felt very good. <laughs> I, I I got my hand jammed in between two helmets on a play once, and, like, I was, like... <laughs> it hurt for, like, three weeks. I, I was, like, like... I had to, like, have my finger, like... Um, uh, drained, like they had a stick a needle in because there was like a, yeah, there was like a, a blood blister underneath, and I'm telling you like I would, like get lightheaded headed during practice that's how bad it hurts, like, I couldn't imagine like, just, just wanting to punch somebody, out, you know, <laughs> so
0: So you mentioned um, there's a hotel that all the players stay at, they aren't, you know, going back to their apartments in Oakland uh, what kind of like, regular day-to-day amenities and niceties that we, you know, are afforded do you have to give up at camp, that you know, people wouldn't expect. Like, I imagine there's no boozing, no women, nothing like that. But what what things did you miss the most during camp from you know the real world? Besides boozing,
3: yeah, I mean, I, that's what it is. is. <laughs> drink to that, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, you're pretty much you're pretty much just cut off um, from everything. It's literally just football twenty four seven, like you're really not in your hotel room all that much. Um, You wake up, you pretty much just sleep there, and you wake up in the morning, go to the facility, you're there until you get back at, like, 10. Um, And if you're awake, you're probably just watching, like, a minuscule amount of TV um, while you're, you know, reviewing your plays and, like, the install for the next day. Um, So literally anything that's not football is what you're missing out on. Um, And... So it definitely, like when you're looking at your phone and like seeing you know people out on vacation and stuff like that, um, seeing you know <laughs> you guys sure that feels you guys good. getting after it like it like Peters or you know <laughs> stuff uh, like that, like it definitely it definitely is like a like a FOMO type type deal and it's weird. Like my first summer not being in camp, I like really had to like step back and think like think about it like. Since high school, like, the first, like, August has just never really been a month that's, like, really been open to me. You know You've I mean? only like, had like, 11 months yeah, exactly. for most of your life. It's, just, like, wild to think about, like, you're pretty much just cut off for that whole month, so.
1: When you get that half hour or so of TV time in the hotel, what what are you firing up? Is it, is it an
3: Entourage? Scooby-Doo? You know, it's Entourage, yeah. You know. I'll, I'll usually... I want to say what, that see, I'll usually you're... get through Entourage twice during the uh, <laughs> during the course of camp. Like it's kind of just like a, a routine thing for me at this point. But what, what's the Entourage count at? How many times have you watched it at this point? In between thirty five and like forty. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I like literally just finished watching it like a couple weeks ago. Favorite Entourage character? Um, I gotta say Johnny Drama. He. <laughs> That dude, like, cracks me up. The, the things that he says are just unbelievable. I, like, I won't go into it, you know, for <laughs> the sake of being appropriate, but... You know. Yeah, we don't know how long of a leash we're going to get from <laughs> PSN, but... yeah, Favorite Vincent Chase girlfriend? Um, the, uh... Sasha Gray. The chick from the... Mm, mm, <laughs> <laughs> the cheerful, <laughs> The chick from, like, the episode with uh, Bob Saget, um... She's right, the I one know. that, uh, the, the madam of, like, the, the, the whorehouse. <laughs> She's hot. All right, back to camp.
2: <laughs> so what do the coaches do to get you going? I know right now we hear reports that they're playing country roads to get the boys juiced up for the backyard brawl. Do they ever do any mind games or any crazy tactics? Do they are like, like
0: sergeant a, tactics to get you fired up for the day? Deuce seems like a real, like, like he loves that kind of coach speak like motivational
3: shit well press the bell button see you going yeah um I can't say that I really remember anything oh here's
2: what I was getting at I know back in in your days days (laughs) back in your day that's so long ago they had a, a Dog Soldier of the Day award
3: that you won yeah you know what's funny about that is like that lasted maybe like three weeks. I <laughs> that was it? But yeah, I never really heard about it ever, ever after that. Well, we still know. talk about it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. But what was that?
2: You had like a big chain or what would you get if you're
3: dog swords of the day? You got a tweet on Twitter. Is pretty much <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's pretty much what you got. But uh, yeah, I mean, they do like things in the team meeting before practice, like show like videos or like the, the video team will edit together some like funny video or something like that to like kind of get guys going um there's all kinds of like different gimmicks like all through through camp like it, it gets pretty long um they'll have like uh different food trucks or like ice cream or something that like comes through at the end of practice so guys can grab like you know grab stuff on the way out like there's all kinds of like little treats and stuff like that like through camp so they feed you pretty good at camp. I imagine your caloric intake has to be pretty high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, uh, the food that they have there. Because um, the, the guy who cooks all the food for us is the chef for the Steelers. Um, and so they... Oh. No. Yeah, so we get a ton of just awesome food. Like, I'm talking shrimp, lobster, um, <laughs> steak, uh, really good, um, like... Creamy, like garlic, chicken, um, like all kinds of just different stuff. They will bring in, like I said, they bring in food trucks. Uh, there's a barbecue place that they bring in um, like ribs and, um, and cornbread and, and mac and cheese and stuff like like. they feed us really well there. Um, and we have like three or four meals a day. So it's and then I mentioned before, right before you go back to the hotel, they usually have a snack. And the snack is usually something that's a lot less, um, regulated, I guess would be the word to say. Like, that's when they're, like, bringing in, like, treats, um, um, like, food from, like, if if, if there were, like, fast food, they would bring in, like, like that, um, pizza, um, Different types of ice cream sundaes, uh, all kinds of like stuff like that for the treats at the end of the day. So it's so even
0: like the 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 ribs and steak and creamy chicken before that, they're like regulating. Okay, that they, they should be getting this yeah. much fat, this this much protein. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know if they still have one, but when I was there, they had a nutritionist um, who was who was very strict, um, and so she was on top of like making sure that everything we had um, like. Met like checked off a box, I guess, um, essentially, and um, she was pretty good at. It. I mean, she w- was able to accommodate a lot of different foods that were like really good without it. Like, like they were healthy without it. Like you know, tasting like, you know
2: what I mean? Well, you moved from receiver to linebacker. Did they make you gain like an absurd amount of weight? Um, I don't think with linebacker or lineman. They make them wake up in the middle of the night and scarf down like three pb and j's
3: yeah no i I never really had to do any of that um when i got moved i was probably around 215 220 um and i felt pretty good at that weight um and then as it happened i sprained my ankle um and so just not being able to like really walk around um and like run for a couple of months I just naturally gained about 10-15 pounds and so uh, my last two seasons, I was more around 240, 245-ish, um, and so it kind of just came naturally, but I didn't really have to do anything. Like, no. so you got
0: fat on your own?
3: Yeah. <laughs> like No drums yeah. or cheez or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, a hammock of fat. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. So, a that, a yeah. desk full of cake? <laughs> yeah. No, that sucks. You You got the
0: opportunity that I think every man, woman, and child wants in their life, which is, hey... Go gain thirty pounds. Doesn't matter how you do it. Just pack pack on as much weight as you can. But you didn't get to do it in like a fun way. You yeah. just you just kind of had to sit around a little
3: bit because you. Yeah, hurting. I yeah, I was literally just a fat fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> you I, can I was, swear. You can swear. I was a fat fuck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just like. It's funny. I I don't have my license uh, that license anymore, but the license I got my license renewed uh, during that time, and I took a picture and like. My face is, like, kind of fat, and then my <laughs> neck is, like, huge. <laughs> yeah. It is, like, hilarious. Megan's like, always laughs at that picture. Like, I'm telling you, my neck was, like, out to here. Now I'm just, like, kind of a pencil neck. I'm going to so. need that picture. Yeah. Yeah, I'll Here's try D- and find it, yeah.
0: Here's DK Metcalf back in the day.
3: <laughs> yeah. You and George asked, they couldn't find neck rolls big enough for. But yeah, literally. George. I'll tell you, that dude was just something. They couldn't find, like like just normal shirts big enough for that dude because was like his muscles are just ridiculous <laughs> yeah he's he's definitely like a favorite of ours
0: given our age and just the number of stories and you always seem to deliver with like a, a george
3: Aston tale oh yeah like me and we, george yeah me and george are pretty close um he was uh, he was a funny dude he liked to get after it and, um on the weekends as well, so that's why we were, we were so close. I saw him, uh, like, literally bend an iPhone and just, like, break it, like, snap it in half. Like, why? I mean, we were just, you know, we were tuned up. <laughs> that's that's really the only... We don't question half. George Aston around
1: here. <laughs> no, 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 never. Do you never. ever have to go head-to-head with him, like, Oklahoma drill or anything like that? In the um, yeah. Is he, like, yeah. the number one... So I was wondering if there was any guys where you're just, like... Been a camp for a week and a half. You look over the other side, and you're like, I, I would rather not go head up with this dude. Was, yeah. was he number one on that list? Who else? Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a lot of guys, like, like you'll have a rapport with them. So like, you know, like just make sure that neither of us makes each other look bad on on film. Like, mm. we'll go hard, but we're not, you know, going that hard. George, it was like never that way. <laughs> You like had to like tighten your chin strap a little bit, you're like I know what's coming. You just had to like kind of run. Uh, just, you kind of just had to take it in the mouth.
2: And who was number two? Cause I feel like George Aston's up. Yeah, here that's, by that's himself. a gimme. And then who was like number two of guy? You're like, oh man, this guy might just clean me up. Um. Or was there a specific moment that you did get cleaned up real bad in practice
3: by somebody? I don't know. It definitely was. You know, um, <laughs> uh, whenever uh, uh, whenever Darren Hall was in the in the backfield and he would run, um, we obviously we wouldn't usually bring people to the ground. You just thud them up, and it's like very hard to like keep a thud up, like keep wrapped up, like if the guy just keeps running. So you, you just kind of like a in unspoken rule that one the linebacker or the defender like, you know, wraps you up, okay, you kind of just stop them and the play is over, Darren Hall would like, run just full speed, and like, you're kind of supposed to help each other out. Um, like, the way that they teach it is, you're supposed to like, the running back isn't really supposed to like, kind of you know, get down and like, try Engage, and to run yeah. you over. Um, but Darren Hall would kind of like, always do that. Um, and there was one time, uh, he caught, like, a... Um, it was either an outside zone or he caught, like, a bubble uh, out in the flat. And I went up to, like, try and cut him. And he kind of just ran right yeah. through me. Yeah. I, like, wanted to, like, kind of just get him. And his head, like, kind of just went, like, straight up into my neck. And I kind of just, like, flew to the ground. It, like, looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so what, when dudes do that kind of shit, like, do you get pissed
0: off at him? Like, hey, man, you broke the unspoken rollers in understanding of... This guy is also fighting for a spot on the field.
3: Yeah, it's like one of those things you can't really like. You could be pissed off about it to yourself, but like, unless it's like egregious, you're not really going to say anything about it. It's kind of just, you know when you're in film watching it and the coach is like kind of shitting on you, you kind of just have to take it on the mouth and then that's that. So you kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Just like next time I see you in the flat, I'm like, yeah, fight you up. Exactly. <laughs> Let's yeah, exactly. Go for his knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, given, you know, your past experience with Pat Narduzzi's camps, as well as, you know, you watched a lot of pit football last year, do you have any particular thoughts going into this season or storylines that you specifically are interested in, given, you know, those personalities
3: and what you know about the program? Um, I mean, I, I think the obvious, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the, the QB situation unfolds. Um, I definitely think that that'll be something that I can imagine Coach Narduzzi will keep close to the chest until, like, the week of the game, um, unless one of the guys is doing, um, like, obviously better throughout camp. Um, I think, honestly, that's how a lot of things are going to, like, with most of the different positions and stuff. Um, a lot of it's going to be close to the chest. Um... You're not really going to know too much until, like, maybe the Thursday. Um, well, I guess the game's on Thursday, so the Tuesday um, of that week. Um, like, even when I got moved to linebacker that first camp, I didn't even know I was starting until the Thursday before the game. Um, really? And, yeah, it was it was a pretty cool feeling, honestly. Um, I, like, wasn't expecting it. What did it feel like leading up to
0: that? I, I imagine you were stressing out for a full month over it. yeah. kind of sounds agonizing
3: yeah it's kind of weird um because like when you think about it in the long term like the first day thinking about the rest of camp and what you where you want to be at the end of camp like it's kind of um like you said it's it's stressful um it's kind of overwhelming but once you like kind of get into the groove of camp it's kind of just like a day-by-day type of uh, mentality like some days you have good days some days you have bad days like by the end of camp you kind of look back and see like your full body of work Um, and it's definitely less stressful than it it, it seems when you first start because it's kind of just like well you know uh, each day is you're not defined by one day you know what I mean You, you just keep kind of working and I think that's the best kind of advice I guess I can give to any of the guys right now is you know you kind of just have to Whatever happens one day, you just got to move on to the next day because the days just—you got to string days together and and keep going. Um, And you know, Coach Narduzzi's thing during camp is you just get three percent better every day, Um, and then by the end of it, you're obviously a lot percent better. So it's good math. Yeah, try to do some quick math there. It's about like seventy-five percent better. It's camp twenty-five days. How long is camp? Uh, I mean. Feels like forever, honestly. Uh, I think it's it's usually um, whatever the start date was yesterday until the week before game week. Um, so whatever that is. This is too much math.
0: So how <laughs> yeah. how did you find out that you were you were starting? Was it when you know Chris Peak tweeted out like the too deep, or did Narduzzi call you into the office and
3: you know let you know? I honestly I don't remember. I, I think Harley told me. I think he might have called me. Or maybe I met him in like the defensive line uh, linebacker room. I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure Harley told me though. And it was like after one of the practices. Um, and I was I literally was kinda just like, yeah, alright. <laughs> and then I just kinda went home and prepared for it and um, I just remember like kinda being so like caught off guard, like, that I didn't even tell my parents that I was, so, like, um, that first game was obviously the game where I sprained my ankle and was out for the, the rest of the season. Uh, it was, like, nine plays in, but when I, like, met my parents at the, um, in the locker room uh, after it happened, they are like, we, we didn't even know you were starting, like, we would have gotten <laughs> here a little bit earlier. <laughs> so, they missed, like, they they missed
1: yeah. your nine plays. No, they,
3: they saw it. They just, uh, uh, I think they kind of were shuffling into their seats, like, right around, yeah. Um, so. So, uh...
0: Aside, uh, do you know anything about, like, the guys that are going out for the outside linebacker positions this year?
3: Um, not really, but I was taking a look, um, just, like, at the linebacker room, in general, I'm pretty excited for, you know, to see what they, they've got going on. Um, you know, Servasier is going to be a beast back there. Um, yeah, he's, he's incredible. I'm like, really excited to see how, uh, like, Brandon George, uh, I'm excited to see how he, like, develops. Um, I remember uh, back when I played, um, and he was just a recruit, and we were, like, working the camps and stuff. I, I just remember, like, seeing this kid thinking, like, he's gonna be good and Harley was like telling me, like, yeah, we're we're recruiting him, like we want him we want him bad, um, like go over there and, you know, kinda of talk to him and, and all that. So I'm excited to see what his development looks like. Um and um yeah, I mean I'm just excited for the linebacker room in general. You played the star, right? I played the star my first year and then um I kinda of moved into money once I, I gained a little bit of weight. Um <laughs> And Sean uh, was playing the star. And then we kind of got to a point where we were able to just play sides of the field. So we'd kind of just either play money or star depending on what side of the field we were on at the time. Um, Which I kind of liked better just because you you are able to stay on one side of the field. Um, Definitely makes things easier when it comes to, like, subbing and um, just, like, knowing what the linemen on your, on your side do. It kind of just makes things easier. So, Do you think one of those positions is harder than the other star or money? I think it just depends on what type of player you are. Um, like You're going to be more of a run fitter if you're a uh, money. Um, and so you're going to be more of a run fitter and you're going to be covering tight ends a little bit more. Um, if you're a star, you'll, you'll usually have to kind of play it more like a DB in ways, because you'll be on you know like the smaller guys, slot guys, um, and then you also have to any any runs that come out your way, they're usually, they'll usually be in space, um, so you have to be a better open field tackler. So it kind of just depends on what your skill set is. Um, once I started to get pretty heavy, um, money was probably more of a, a natural fit for me. Just because chasing those little guys out there is not easy. Yeah,
1: I watched the uh, the 2017 Miami game. You still you were still able to clean up Braxton Barrios a couple times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely (laughs) NFL
3: All Pro Braxton (laughs) (laughs) Barrios. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was funny Uh, on the one um, that one play where. Uh, I deflected it. I think it was um, it's not the, the big deflection the one where I was uh, in the wrong coverage that I told you about. <laughs> there, it was the one specifically on uh, Braxton Berrios. Um, we we're in a coverage where it's um, I forget what the name of the coverage was, but you're essentially letting the receiver pass you and then you're um, trailing him on his inside hip the, the whole way and then you're hoping that they try and throw it over and then the safety field pick it. Um, they were like in a um they were like in a they were in trips and then the two guys on the inside were like bunched and me and uh, Dennis Briggs were like kind of on them and the way you're supposed to do it is you're like kind of like supposed to switch if they like come inside or like switch real fast and me and Dennis like i i don't know what, what was going on or like dude I, I we were like kind of looking at each other like all right like i'll take him you take him it'll be fine and then they like switched right <laughs> off the bat and then we were both just like <laughs> so then Braxton, like, started running out towards Dennis, and I just, like, chased him anyway, so when Dennis, like, kind of, like, ran behind me, and, the, like, the play, like, d- doesn't look very, like, um, mechanically right, but, uh, we ended up, you know, getting the deflection or whatever, but it was just funny on film, because you could, like, kind of see us, like, looking back at each other, and then they, like, switch, we're like, oh, f-.
1: Well, um, uh, you know, if, if we have linebackers who make who have the performances that you had against Miami that day. Uh, I think that's We're talking about the
2: performance on the field or the performance that Peter's after the game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if they have a performance that Elijah had on the field, there will be a lot of performances being being done. Okay, like just want to clarify, because they
2: were both pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. yeah, a lot of bar tabs being paid for up-to-linebackers.
0: Uh, yeah, hey, you said, you know, in camp you have good days and bad days. You know, that Miami day, that, that Friday after Thanksgiving was a good, good day for you, you know, in many
3: facets of your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely was like a, a highlight of my career. Um, more, more tackles or Panther bombs done that day.
1: Panther bombs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like yeah. twelve tackles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah I, It was definitely Panther bombs uh, by mercy rule, probably. <laughs> well,
1: I know we have some. Uh, I know we have some fan fan mail coming up. We want to uh, go over some of those camp questions. With the Elijah, so we'll get to a break right here, and then we'll get to that fan mail. So now we're gonna hop into the fan mail bag. Thank you for everyone who submitted questions. Uh, if you submitted questions and we don't get to them this episode, don't worry. We're gonna keep some in the vault.
0: Yeah, or like be better at reading a prompt. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh, get right into it. first question we got. What do you guys think the depth chart for the running back room will be for this year? Oh, boy. And how much of Vincent Davis do you think we'll see this year? Because as of recent, I've seen no one talking about Davis but talking about all three other running backs. Is he a banna Sam stan, stan account from Matthew Scadaloni? I mean, it's Izzy.
0: Have you seen the guy run the ball? He's the one. I was, I was thinking the same thing. talk. I I imagine, you know... They're going into there's obviously going to be a camp battle. There's four guys with ample experience on a team that is going to run the ball a hell of a lot this year. So I think they are gonna see how some things shake out. Uh, but when you look at anything on paper, I just don't see how Izzy can't win it unless Rodney Hammond shows up uh, sporting the number six this year and it's just, you know, lights out. But even then I think they'll each get their fair share.
2: We've talked about it. Amongst ourselves, there will be a battle for two, three, four. I'm sure they'll all have their different uh, situations they go going. But uh, I think even Narduzzi has said that he favors Izzy lately. And you got to think Signetti probably just walks in and is like, "Why is number two not getting the ball twenty times a game? Like, what was the problem last year?"
0: Yeah, I mean, he probably had like a printed out sheet of like. The stat line from last year was just like looking up at those four guys in the breakout and were like, "What? <laughs> yeah, you guys, was, you guys all saw like the same number of snaps last year, but th- this guy looks like Superman if
1: Superman was somehow faster and stronger." Yeah, I think, I think obviously Izzy's going to be the go-to guy, but i I've, I've invested a lot of stock in Rodney Hammond. I hold a lot of Rodney Hammond stock. To the moon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm holding it to the moon. I – this is more of a bold prediction. This is not what I think will happen, but a bold prediction of mine. I think there's going to be a point this season where Rodney Hammond is the number one back, uh, whether that because Izzy has to miss some time. He had two concussions last year, mm-hmm. elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about I don't know how serious, or, but concussions are never good. I think Rodney Hammond, there's going to be some games this year. And we saw last year um, – Izzy's the physical freak, physical specimen, but Rodney Hammond is just such a natural running
3: back, and I, I think he'll have a couple of hundred-yard games this year. Yeah, I was definitely thinking he should be the number two. Um, I think it's that would be his spot to lose, frankly.
0: So what do we think about the role of the other two guys in the room, Daniel Carter and uh, podcast favorite Vincent Davis?
1: I... I can't see Vincent Davis just completely disappearing no. because he has played such a vital role, you know, the last three years. Yeah, I
3: would think that, like, he would be more of a... They would use him more as, like, a utility, like, gadget guy. Like, he, I think he did some good things. Um, just some of the the situations that they put him in um, just did not make sense when you have a guy like Izzy last year. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the, um, you know... Feelings that we have about him, you know, kind of come from. He just like was not used in the right situations. And then on top
2: of that, you have a guy like Dan Carter now who is available. He was a fullback last year, and whether he's used as a fullback, I don't know what Signetti feels about a fullback, but he'll be on the field more.
0: What I kind of yeah, what I kind of figured was they'd put Dan Carter in that H back role that Gavin Bartholomew was in last year, and then have Gavin, our friend Bart. Yes. Uh, play, like, a more traditional, like, line of scrimmage tight end role. But uh, I, I didn't want to let it pass, Laj, you, you very eloquently put it uh, in ways I don't think that we could last year. We had a lot of anger and frustration at Vinny <laughs> Davis, and I feel very sorry about that. I, I am deeply apologetic to Vinny and his family, because it wasn't, it wasn't him that we were upset at. It was the fact that an offensive coordinator was like, this, this is our goal line back.
1: Yeah, I so kind of owe him an apology uh, after watching the Clemson condensed game the other day. He made... I looked at his stat line after because I was like, did he kind of put together a nice stat line? Stat line, very underwhelming, but he made multiple big plays. Made guys miss to get a first down when it was a, a third and two or catch, catches the ball out of the backfield on third and five, makes a guy miss, gets the first down. He made a lot of big plays like that in the Clemson game. Um, and it just comes back to what I think we all believe is that he has a role in the offense. Just maybe not so pronounced.
2: I just don't think Whipple gave a shit about the run game, and that's what it comes down to. And now there'll be a little bit more structure and like rhyme or reason to that. So I could I could agree with that. Mm. So not just each running back gets a drive. It's like we're gonna throw it, so who cares is out there, then you're like, oh well, third
0: and two, he's out there. Run the ball. Well, so one name that we haven't spoken about yet that uh, you know I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts if he sees the field in any meaningful capacity. Uh, Sibo Flemister, our uh, transfer running back from Notre Dame. I mean, he's got he's got pedigree. Obviously, you heard the two words I said before transfer. Do we think that you know he has a shot at
1: you know sneaking his way on? I mean, I definitely think he was just a depth add. You know, running backs can get banged up, and you'd like to have a few that you can trot out there. I have no idea what to expect, if we expect him to play or not. I, I Part of me feels like a guy wouldn't want to use his last year of eligibility to be a fifth-string running back. But at the same time, maybe he was just like, you know what, I'll do it another year of school at another good academic institution. Might as well get an ACC championship in your last year of college. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't anticipate him to play a lot, but you never know. A couple guys get banged up, we need, we need an extra body out there, he gets hot. Could, but no, I'm not expecting him to play too much. Fair. Okay, on to our next question. Uh, Who are you guys most intrigued to hear more about this camp? Uh, This is from Brock Madinick. He gave us a couple guys that he's intrigued for on offense and defense. On offense, he said Jalen Barden, Bob Means, Carter Johnson. On defense, he mentioned MJ Devonshire, Solomon DeShields and Shane Simon. Uh, So, yeah, spit out a couple names you guys are interested to hear about maybe intrigued to see how much they're going to play this year.
2: I'll say Bub Means. I think at this point we're all pretty well aware that Momfield might just be that dude. Like him and Jared Wayne might just be really good one-two punch in the ACC. Bub Means might be a really good number three guy. Maybe he'll be even better than one of the other two, but he, he's the wild card there, just how good he is, so. A yeah, deep threat. Yeah.
0: blazing speed. Um, yeah, I saw something about how, like, s- like, how infinitesimal a percentage of his targets last year were shorter than 20 yards in the air. Yeah.
2: I think whenever Mumfield first got here, we're like, wow, this guy might be good. But after seeing a few clips from practice, everyone's like, yep, I'll first team all-ACC, right in, in stone. And we're probably right, because just look at the guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd say, like, I'd say I'm definitely excited for the entire receiver room as a whole, but um, obviously we know, like, we have a pretty good idea what we're going to get from Jared Wayne and, and uh, Mumfield and even even um, this other guy. So um, I think another, uh, I already said earlier, was Brandon George, um, defense. Um, I'm excited to see a lot from him. Just That's based your boy. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of my boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just based on what I said earlier, you know, he... he has all the measurables, and he's just like, if you ever met him, he just looks like a bad guy, you know? Like there
2: were literally half a dozen linebackers that got saw in playing time last year that are no longer here, either because they transferred or graduated. So, we've got a little glimpses of the new guys. That's a good pick. Someone's got to step up.
1: I'm, I'm excited for uh, Bengali Kamara. We got to talk to him a little bit this weekend. Uh, very impressive kid. He's all business, and obviously he was most improved player in spring camp uh high praise from everyone around the program you know just a fresh face on that defense he, he's going to be playing a very important role on the defense uh, bringing back just about everyone except for those outside linebackers so him and solomon and the shields are going to have to step up and fill you know the the gap left by cam bright and phil campbell so i'm really excited to see him play so yeah, he's looking to have a big year uh, We asked him, what what draft year are you? 2025? And he said, man, I'm trying to be Sooner than that, so who knows Big year on the field, Bando might be getting His name called in a year or two So That's who I'm looking forward to seeing the most I'm going to flip to the other side Of the linebacking core, because we've
0: Heard a ton about Kamara, you know, in spring And he's really gotten hyped up Which is awesome when you're replacing Almost an entire unit um, I feel like I know nothing About Solomon DeShields um, and yet, I feel like there is former, less
1: former wide receiver.
0: Former wide receiver. I feel like there's less depth. Wow, that's that's you following your footsteps. Yeah. Wow. I, Solomon. I, I so they can run. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, I feel like we've heard so much less about him, and there's less depth, you know, on the side of the field he's going to be playing. Because I believe Shane Simon uh, and. Uh, Bengali Kamara will be splitting a little bit of time. Um, but Deshields seems like he's out, out there all on his own in terms of depth. And I don't know a single thing about him. So obviously he is a freak in terms of size and athleticism. But, you know, how is that going to translate into our defense? It's a good place to start. Yeah. It would be a lot worse if he was like 5'10", you know, 195. But we have, you know, another 6'3",
1: 225 freak. Kamara actually said that in the spring, uh, in one of the Q and A press conference sessions. That he said he thought the athletics were, or the linebackers were going to be a lot more athletic this year than they were last year. What that means exactly, how that plays out on the field, I don't know. But he did say he thinks they're they're faster than the guys who were out there last year.
3: Well, I mean that's definitely the way the game is evolving. That's definitely something you need, uh, just with you know RPOs and all that that type of stuff. Um, we saw a lot with just different teams in the ACC, but having that speed at the linebacker position, it's going to be very pivotal, I'd say.
0: Well, what about the defensive line? Obviously uh, returning a significant number of uh, talent in production from last year, uh, but we also have some really young guys coming up, both freshmen and, uh, sophomores, redshirt sophomores is there anyone you guys see potentially cracking that rotation uh, or at least want to hear about out of camp staying true to uh, what Brock asked us
2: it's kind of funny that I'm saying this guy because he might not even be on the too deep uh, the guy Johnson I think we all know Deion Hayes friend of the pod will be like an emerging star in the ACC this year he came on a lot in the later half of the season but kind of expect that and the guys ahead of him or the guys who are going to be playing alongside of him they're solidified dudes I think mean, this is where the year that Nikai Johnson actually gets meaningful snaps that aren't in garbage time against FCS teams so I want to see him work himself in there and heat of the moment big game
1: see if he can make some plays I think Nakai I think because of the depth and how much talent and experience there is at defensive end it might be a little tougher for Nakai than the other guy in his class and that's Elliot Donald I think everyone wants to see Elliot Donald on the field the, the history with a, with Aaron Donald and obviously the pedigree he had coming in he was a four-star guy so I would love to see can he be a guy who cracks that rotation you know Kalajic Hansi's locking down one spot and then, and then Devin Danielson, Tyler Bentley, David Green have been holding down that other DT spot and like rotating in there for what feels like four years at this point. Can one of those guys, like Elliot Donald, or even a Dorian Ford, uh, kind of crack crack the lineup and start to get some snaps there? I'd, I'll be interested to see if, if any of those younger guys push through.
0: Dale, I've actually been thinking about that non-Kalaja Cancy defensive tackle spot a lot recently. I mean, we have Danielson, Bentley... Uh, and Green, who are guys who have kind of been holding it down for a couple years. Having said that, they're all consistent and good, but have not been, you know, game breakers. Game breakers, you know, world burners. So I'd be interested to hear about you know, and, and that kind of sets the floor for the pit defensive line. It's a, it's a high floor for the pit defensive line. But what I want to hear is, you know, we have the we have a kid coming in this year, uh, or someone who really showed up and surprised us and they are also going to be a difference maker and a combination of Kalajic and another defensive tackle that comes out of the woodwork and is able to be a game breaker, that'd be unbelievable. You know, and you talked about Ford... Uh, You talked about Donald. I've actually been hearing really good things about Sean Fitzsimmons, who might play a little bit of defensive tackle. He's a freshman. He's a whippy old kid. Apparently, he's really impressed a lot of people uh, close to the program. So, yeah, if we can get someone
1: that can, you know... If he can crack the lineup as a true freshman and crack this defensive line lineup... This specific lineup, yeah. Then he's the real deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, can you imagine a a front four of Haba Hayes can see and then some fourth freak who breaks into the normal
1: rotation and has an unbelievable year. And Dezlin, Dezlin Alexander's still there? John Morgan's still there. Like you trot the first four guys off and you just gotta go block these, these four. It
3: it's an embarrassment of riches is what it is. Like, who do I mean, you
1: double
0: team? All of them. John Morgan is so big by the like like you have expectations of how big Division I athletes are John Morgan's arms are roughly the thickness of, like, both of my thighs together. Like my torso. Legitimately might <laughs> be the size. Like, he is such a big dude.
1: Maybe it's why it's hard to block. It's probably got something to do with it. I can imagine. Probably hopes. So. Yeah. All right. We got, we got one more mailbag question. I want to let Elijah get out of here. He's got a big day tomorrow. MGK concert?
3: Oh, yeah. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Are you going to cry when he plays drug face? I will be crowd surfing when he plays drug (laughs) face.
1: All right, so the last question we got here. The past few seasons, it seems to take the pit defense a while to get things corrected slash running smoothly. Due to the heavy senior and veteran presence, do you think the defense starts strong this year? I think Hallett and Hill getting a ton of experience will help. But the youth of the linebackers might really hurt them, especially against WVCC. I'm guessing that's a, that's West, a dig. West Virginia Community College yeah. and Tennessee. Thoughts? That was from Put Pit in. Thank you for that.
3: Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean uh, the the youth of the linebacking core is definitely it's definitely not a great situation, especially with those big games that we have right at the beginning. Um, you're definitely going to be looking to the, the D line and the, the veterans in the, in the back um, to kind of lead uh, in the first couple of games. Um, linebackers, we really have to like try and, you know, be the quarterbacks of the defense. We're responsible for getting everyone set. Um, and so you just hope that the guys who are in those spots now have been paying attention, um, you know, all through spring will be paying attention all through camp, you know, learning, what everyone on the field does so that you can get everyone set correctly so that everyone can do what they're supposed to do. Um, And so, definitely be like a bit of a, um, a bit of, like like an issue I could probably see in the first couple of games, especially against those opponents, like I said, but um, I don't see it being too big of a problem. Is that why
2: the pit defense takes a slower time to, like, be a well-oiled machine? Like we see later in the year they get it together. Is it, player thing? Is it a coaching thing? Is it an adjustment thing? Like you said, the signal callers got to know what they're doing. Is that what's the biggest part of that? Why does it take a while to get going?
3: Yeah, it's pretty much the whole defense works together in a sense because um, we got we have to get pressure um, because we pretty much are playing you know leaving the corners and, and those guys in the back um, on islands um, you know expecting the ball to get out fast and so in the beginning um, it's kind of you know, while guys are still trying to figure out playing with each other, um, it, it definitely is a little bit slower, um, which you know kind of leads to big plays a lot of times, um, and that's what you see in the beginning of the season. But as guys like start to play together and start to understand not only their role in the defense but what the defense is doing together, um, that's when you like really start to see it come together. So, how much does having
0: one? mega-veteran on that linebacking crew help? You know, since we aren't completely restarting fresh, we have Servassier Dennis, who's second-team all-ACC. How much can he, as one individual, help bridge the gap for the other two?
3: Uh, he's going to be uh, like big. He's going to be instrumental in, in, in doing that. Um, and, you know, the dude seems like a, a very cerebral kid. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that he will be able to to get it done. He's um, just got to be Vocal, he's got to make sure he's communicating. He's got to, you know, kind of really take on a leadership role and make sure that everyone's on their shit. Um, and, you know, I don't think that the guys would miss the beat uh, with him leading. So,
2: so think about coaching. A good um, pep talk you had
0: there. No. Okay. <laughs> um, well, well, I'm going to pretend you said yes because that's actually a good transition to what I was going to ask. If you were uh, Neil Brown or is it Josh White? Yeah, those two dudes. How would you be attacking the relatively young and inexperienced Pitt linebacking core in those first two games and taking advantage of that position?
2: Do you want to have him answer this in case Neil Brown does some scouting by listening to our podcast? (laughs) Or do you want to take that risk? Uh,
0: You know, I I just have this biting suspicion that uh, nobody's listening to Loyal Sons for tips on how to take out Pitt.
3: They should. I I imagine no one gives a s what I have to say.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, what do you think? <laughs>
3: um, I think definitely the hardest thing um, is, like, trying to figure out um, when you come out into an A set, so you... Uh, the star is used to, like, playing out of the box, but the money, more times than not, is uh, on the backside of the formation, so they'll usually still be in the box. So those A sets um, where you have to have both outside linebackers playing um, outside in and basically uh, trying to tackle in space and fill, because um, there's usually a um, a gap in between the 3-tech and the 9-tech and the money would usually be the one who's filling that hole and they're usually right behind it. Um, so when you're like in the A-set or you have the money split out, he has to try and fill that hole from outside the box and that's like a kind of hard thing to do so there's there are a lot of like even when I play there are a lot of teams who would like mess around with the formation have motions like to get to that set um, so that we would line up like correct at first and then they'd motion the guy out um, and then you know it just like messes up the run fits so if I was a coach that's how I would you know kind of attack us like play with the formations to try and um, mess up the run fits because um, it will definitely get confusing for young linebackers. Yeah, it's confusing for me right now. Yeah, I mean, it was confusing for me when I... When <laughs> the I guy who's played it. football yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. Like, I... There were plenty of times like during camp um, my second year where I was like still, like, didn't know what the f <laughs> I I was <doing>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what, what the hell? I'm sure Nardis, <laughs> he loved that. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. So that's mostly
0: through the through the run game. Is there you know, we saw the team kind of get abused by RPO at the beginning of the season. Is there anything to that extent outside of the run game that these teams could be doing to take advantage of a young linebacking core?
3: Um RPOs are like they're really hard. Um I think the biggest thing with those is you just really have to get into film, like um watch what the linemen do. You really have to, like, just study the linemen and their, and their mannerisms um, on runs versus passes versus RPOs. And that's, I think, the best thing that you can do for that. Um, we never really had one specific rule for how we would play. It would kind of change week week to week based on the team um, and based on, like, what they used to, like, like to do. So I couldn't really give advice um, specifically based on that. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is just really trying to like hone in on the alignment, the specific alignments, like tendencies and, and mannerisms and stuff I'm just still thinking of you saying you didn't know what the f*** you were doing I'm just picturing like Narduzzi Elijah what the f*** are you doing yeah. and you're just like yeah. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that, that's your gap you literally like like be like that's that's your gap and I'm like filling some other random gap or something and I just be like oh <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense <laughs> that's so why like, yeah. you're literally standing right f***ing in it. <laughs> Be like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, all right. If all you had the other team's play sheet tucked into your practice pants,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, th- I'm telling you, that was like one of the funniest things I on film. Well, hopefully, uh, Kamar and the do a little bit better of a job than you did. Hopefully, <laughs> know what the f <laughs> they're doing. I and, uh... can't imagine it
3: be that hard, honestly.
1: <laughs> well, that's all we got for the mailbag, uh, but we can't just let you off that easy. We need. We want a couple predictions for this year. Uh, first, who you got starting at quarterback?
3: I liked what I saw at a, uh, at a Keaton, um in the uh, spring game. He obviously didn't complete too many, but the ones that he were incomplete, he was literally hitting guys right in the hands. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of problems for him. I, I think he's he accurate. Um, but if it's Nick Patty I won't be I won't be disappointed at all because Nick's he, he's a dog. He's a dog. <laughs> Alright uh, Score prediction Pick West Virginia Backyard brawl Um I can see us Cleaning up like a Like a 35 to 17 Something like that Yeah, um, yeah Sure Why yeah. not I, I like That's just the first number to pop in my head I, I Could be Could be like 45 to 17 wow. 55
0: to 17 You could yeah. But West Virginia They're scoring two touchdowns
1: And a field goal Yeah Okay I mean, like, like maybe Late fourth quarter Yeah you No know, <laughs>
3: Some garbage time.
1: Alright, and then twenty twenty two, Pit Panthers. We'll go regular season record, you don't have to go. Unless you want to go all the way with it, but well, what's the how many games the Panthers win in this year?
3: At least ten. Like like without even a thought. At, <laughs> At least four. ten. Hell yeah. 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 At least ten. Like I can see us cleaning up eleven. Eleven and what was it, three last year? Yeah, uh, I could see us clean that up again. You can see us clean up. That's it? Yeah, I mean, oh, all right. come on. Like, obviously you want to shoot for the stars, but just saying, like, that's the floor. The floor is 11-3. and three. You heard it here first, folks. Awesome. Yeah. I, I am disappointed that we're probably going to end up in Atlanta again, though. Weren't a fan of Atlanta? No. <laughs> Not at all.
0: Yeah, I don't think any of us were fans of Atlanta. Uh,
3: yeah. It just wasn't really a... didn't really seem like there was a bowl game going on there. You know what I mean? So, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, the bars close at like 11.
3: Yeah, I'm mean, going to tell you, that place sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first. Pitt's going 11-3. Atlanta sucks. But, uh, all right. Appreciate it, Elijah. Appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Before the Backyard Brawl. Maybe not on the show, but we'll see you around. Yeah. You'll be up sloppy days. I'm sure you'll see me this week. Yeah. <laughs> so, but once again, we appreciate it. As always, hell to bit Yeah. Yeah, all right. Hell to Where it began. I can't begin to know. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Loyal Sun Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. Subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at The Loyal Suns. Subscribe to Pittsburgh Sports Live on YouTube. That's our partner, Pittsburgh Sports Now's YouTube channel. You don't want to miss any of the video content we've got coming out. And if you subscribe, that way you'll never miss it. Make sure to tune in to future episodes as we work through this camp season. We'll be talking to players, former players, people associated with the program, and a whole bunch of people who love Pitt as we count down the days to the Backyard Brawl on September 1st. As always, hail Loyal Sons of Pittsburgh.